0: Welcome to another episode of RT Plus and to what is the latest episode in our mini-series exploring changes to the markets regime on both sides of the channel and how this may lead to divergences uh, between the EU and UK. Uh, today, I'm joined by Hannah Meakin and Florja Negelkerker, both uh, of whom are partners in our financial services practice in London and Amsterdam, respectively, and we'll be looking at the regime around trading venues. So before we kick off, firstly, hello, Hannah and hello, Florja. Hi there. Uh, Hello. Um, So, Hannah, we'll start uh, with uh, the first topic we're going to look at today, which is the uh, sort of definition uh, of a trading venue and and the kind of scope around that. Now, um, this was first consulted upon um, in July uh, last year as part of uh, the Treasury's Wholesale Markets Review. Um, uh, But I understand, obviously, in the last few weeks, uh, there's actually been uh, a response uh, issued To that, So, Hannah, um, is it possible just to explain to our listeners, um, you know, what were the sort of uh, issues around the definition of a trading venue uh, that were first consulted upon and how is the Treasury now looking to take this forward?
1: Yes. So the, um, the question was really around the breadth of the MIFID II definition of multilateral system, because many people in the market think that it's created a bit of ambiguity around which types of system are actually supposed to be capable of being trading venues and therefore which ones need to be authorised as either MTFs or OTFs. And some of the difficulties have been experienced, in particular, by firms that consider themselves to be technology firms, really providing the technology that might underpin uh, systems that others can use to enter into transactions. Um, also quite a lot of ambiguity for voice brokers um, who didn't necessarily know when when it is that they might need to become an OTF or when they might just be arranging. And so the government suggested to clarify the scope of the definition through guidance, um, as opposed to legislation, because they felt that guidance would allow a bit more flexibility um, and they could use that to set out the characteristics and functions and the tasks that are intended to separate what is a trading venue from other uh, communication type arrangements. Um, and so the the response to the uh, original consultation has confirmed that this is indeed the plan Um, so we hope that during the course of the year perhaps much later in the year we will start to see the fca produce some new guidance on this topic which i think will be really helpful
0: i see thank you uh thank you for that hannah flautcher if we look at the eu now um, is this also uh, an issue uh, that's being discussed at the eu level and if so Um, what's being proposed uh, on that side of the channel?
2: Yeah, well, it seems very similar. So uh, in in Europe, we have seen the same. Um, So not in every uh, jurisdiction or member state, the uh, definitions have been implemented or, or say the scope has been uh, on the license application has been implemented in, uh, in, a si- in a similar way. So, one of the proposals has been now to um, well, transfer an, um, uh, a statement which is now included in, in Mifit, uh, which is a directive and doesn't have to have direct effect in all member states, um, which relates to Article 1, Sub 7, which states that all multilateral systems need to be either a regulatory um, Regulated uh, market, uh, an MTF or an OTF, and they are now proposing to transfer that article to MiFIR, which is uh, a, a regulation, as you know, and has a direct effect. So, the assumption is is that then um, a, a more level playing field will be um, will be reached in in Europe. Uh, but similar to to the discussion in in the UK, um, there is a um, now a consultation paper uh, published by uh, by ESMA on um, indeed the, the sort of the scope of a trading venue of what is a multilateral system, because, well, similar to the UK, there has been discussions on what kind of systems will be captured by that and therefore should be licensed. Um, and it sort of follows from the uh, legal opinion that was published by ESMA on the concept of OTF, of what w- what was constituting an OTF and when would you need to have a license. And there they they recognized that the whole discussion on what is an OTF revol- resol- resolved around the issue, what is a multilateral system? So therefore they published that that consultation paper uh, by the end of January this year. Um, so um, it's, it's it would be interesting to see the outcome because there they do discuss certain um, well, say systems uh, uh, and why they think it should be a multilateral system or not, uh, and and there has been um, well uh, input requested on that. So, uh, following that, there will um, uh, will be a opinion of the of ESMA again. So, uh, there will not be a change at least not proposed uh, to the definitions itself, but it's more indeed guidance again from uh, from ESMA on the uh, on the concept.
0: See, that's that's very helpful and. Yeah, it seems sort of quite similar uh, uh, kind of moves at the moment. Perhaps that's not surprising, uh, given the kind of timing of all this. I suppose a really interesting point would be uh, to see how much uh, similarity there is between uh, opinions issued by ESMA uh, and guidance issued by uh, the FCA. Um, So if we move on to our next uh, subject, and that's um, the operating uh, conditions uh, for MTFs uh, and OTFs. Um, Now, Hannah, again, uh, in in the Treasury's uh, Wholesale Market Review, with regards to MTFs and OTFs, um, the Treasury had been considered, uh, considering sorry, some potential changes uh, to certain operating conditions. Um, can you perhaps explain uh, what uh, those changes were and what was being consulted upon, um, and also now what's been decided uh, in regards to that?
1: Of course. So when MIFID 2 was introduced, it imposed some structural restrictions on how MTFs and OTFs could operate. And at the time, these were seen as very limiting for um, what these types of firms could do. Um, and, and some firms had to make quite significant changes. Um, but, but by and large, they, they were dealt with. Um, but the uh, government has taken another look at some of these restrictions and kind of questioned whether they are actually achieving the benefits they were proposed to achieve and, and whether they're really needed going forward. So we have the first one was um, that MIFID II says that MTF operators can't engage in match principal trading on their MTFs, and, and that was really introduced to avoid conflicts of interest, but the general consensus is that there are many other safeguards that would help to avoid conflicts of interest that might result from an operator trading on its MTF, um, and so there's been a suggestion that, um, but I think we, we now have consensus that this restriction should be removed from the UK regime, Um, subject to the possibility that any such trades would be flagged in transaction reports as such. So that's the first one. The second one is to do with the fact that investment firms are not permitted to operate an OTF and a systematic internaliser within the same legal entity, um, also for the avoidance of conflicts of interest. Um, There were mixed responses to the suggestion of removing this restriction, um, some in favour and others who felt that actually it it really would inevitably involve conflicts of interest. Um, so I think the FCA is going to consider this one further um, because the evidence at the moment is not conclusive one way or the other. And then the third area was to do with um, the fact that OTFs are trading venues for financial instruments other than equities. So it has been difficult for to be able to trade package transactions that involve equities on an OTF, which means that either you have to trade your um, package transaction elsewhere, or you have to split it up and trade different parts on different venues. Um, And so the proposal was to allow the equity components of package transactions to be traded on OTFs, Um, and there seems to be agreement that that will be a sensible change. Um, so these changes, I think the FCA is going to take them forward as part of the future of uh, the regulatory framework review um, and, uh, and look at implementation in that context.
0: I see. Thank you for that, Hannah. Flautcher, uh, if we now uh, take a look at the EU, um, are, is there proposals uh, for similar uh, sorts of change? In it? And if so, uh, what stage are at what stage are those proposals? And just to be clear here, we're talking about uh, match principal trading uh, for investment firms, uh, um, whether or not uh, an investment firm should be permitted to operate an OTF and an SI within the same legal entity, and also uh, package uh, dealing in equity transactions.
2: Yeah, so so here we don't have, we don't seem to have the uh, proposal on the table. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that. It will never be discussed, or that it hasn't been discussed, uh, but it doesn't seem to be uh, included now in any of the proposals or reviews of uh, of asthma or the commission. Um, so here there might be a divergence at one point in time. Uh, although I I I I wouldn't rule out that at one point in time, asthma <laughs> or um, uh, the commission will will pick this up as as well if indeed the UK would decide to go down that route. I see.
0: Thank you for that. Um, The next area we're going to look at now is um, arguably one of the sort of more interesting parts of the um, uh, wholesale markets review. uh, And that was the uh, proposals around SME growth markets and the sort of uh, current uh, sort of difficulties that the SME firms find uh, in in, in, uh, acquiring capital. Um, Hannah, can you explain what uh, the proposals were uh, in in the uh, wholesale markets review and how the Treasury is planning to take those forward?
1: Yes, so MIFID II introduced a subcategory of MTFs called SME growth markets, which have slightly different standards that are tailored to the smaller medium-sized entities or enterprises. Um, However, the government noted and has noted that over the the course of the last few years, these have been used mainly by the more medium-sized entities, And it wanted to explore whether a new class of trading venue with regulatory requirements that are better tailored for the smaller SMEs would potentially increase their ability to um, access public markets and raise capital through them. So respondents definitely agreed that the regulatory burdens and costs of being admitted to a public market can be a barrier to raising funds on those markets but the preference seems to be to consider a more proportionate regime, rather than creating a new type of venue just for these uh, very small uh, micro uh, entities. Um, In fact, there was feedback that such a venue would be valuable for the larger companies that perhaps want to list at a later stage of their funding process, rather than just the uh, micro SMEs. So the suggestion um, has been, uh, and actually there was also a suggestion made that, that this could be a venue that doesn't operate on a doesn't operate with continuous trading, but rather has uh, windows um, where you would be able to buy and sell shares in the particular company. Um, so we've certainly seen some support for these ideas in the market, and I think, as you say, it would be really interesting to see how this one gets taken forward, um, particularly since it ties into some of the uh, government's um, broader proposals in relation to looking at the future of the listing regime. Um,
0: and uh, related topics. So thank you for that, Hannah. Uh, Flautcher, I think you know what I'm going to ask you (laughs) on (laughs) this. Um, What's the EU position on this and, and how are they going to take this forward?
2: Yeah, so it doesn't really appear to be on the agenda. So it, 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 it's sort of maybe like in the UK, but even even less so in, in the EU. It didn't bring that much when it was in, in, included now in, in MIFID 2. Um, I think the reasoning for it not being on the agenda, that there are other items more important and that if you would... Maybe amend the rules to make it more interesting for um, for 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 entities and for the listing. Uh, then you will um, introduce maybe more risks for for investors. So therefore, it, that's maybe the reason why it's not on the agenda at this, at this moment in time.
0: Okay, Um, thank you for that. Um, Now the last topic uh, we're going to look at today is uh, on the issue of outages, and and by outages we mean uh, service interruptions. Um, MIFID 2 obviously provided some pretty helpful uh, rules and regulations around operational resilience, but um, notwithstanding that there has uh, sort of been some residual ambiguities in the market about the role of market operators and participants uh, in in the event of an outage. Um, Hannah, um, if we start, looking at the UK again what's been proposed in respect of this as part of the Wholesale Markets Review uh, and how is that going to be taken forward?
1: Yeah so I mean in terms of um, where what what was suggested and and what respondents said about it there was certainly support to a number of the government's ideas Um, so they agreed that rather than creating legislation Uh, industry and regulators should work together on a playbook for what and how the market operators should communicate with participants during an outage. Um, They also agreed with the need to explore alternative mechanisms to a closing auction and supported some of the suggestions relating to enabling the use of reference price systems to match trades at the midpoint when these outages occur. So I think in terms of taking this forward, the FCA is going to discuss uh, these um, issues along actually with another suggestion that respondents made um, themselves, which was to consider whether the uh, requirement for trading venues to resume trading within two hours is actually too onerous and itself um, causing some difficulty. Um, So the FCA is going to discuss those with market participants uh, with a view to there being a consultation on these topics later this year.
0: Thanks for that, Hannah. um, Flortia, um what's being uh, proposed in respect of this rather knotty technical issue uh, in the EU?
2: Yeah, so if we we have a proposal uh, on the operational resistance uh, resilience. Sorry, uh, so it's the DORA. It's a, it's a regulation uh, which would deal with uh, operational resilience. Uh, it doesn't deal. Well, with the issue as as we may want to, because it will still relates to the reference price uh, reference price uh, for the incumbent uh, uh, trading venue, so it doesn't solve probably the issue. Uh, what we've seen is that some market parties indeed have. Uh, published some opinion papers uh, or suggestions um uh, so it is being discussed now with regulators but there is no specific uh solution yet so in that sense probably we have the same position uh and and the same point in time as in the uk
0: excellent uh thank you very much uh thanks uh to both hannah and to flautcher uh that was a very uh Uh, informative session. Um, Thank you uh, for listening in at home. Uh, If you'd like uh, more information about uh, regulatory news and updates, please log on to regulationtomorrow.com, and we hope to catch you next time.